Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Melanie C. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, September 23rd. Today we are reading from the big book and we are at page 163, paragraph 2, starting with we know of. Today's readers are 12 Steps, Elaine K., 12 Traditions, Sandy D., readers of the text, Marie P., Nicole S., and Marcella M. The reference number for yesterday, Monday, September 22nd, is 6898. 6898. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movements, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Elaine, Elaine Kay to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Helene Kay, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Florida. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank thank you. I will now ask Sandy D. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. Thank you. Here are the 12 traditions of OA meetings. Sandy, excuse me just one moment. 
excuse me just a moment. I'm having a very difficult time hearing you. I don't know if that's the true for the rest of the group. Is there some way that you can readjust? Okay. How's this? Oh, that's, that's it. That's the one. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Our, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Um, I'm sorry, I lost my place. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Each group ought to be, should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion, we need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of our program, always reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you very much. I pass. Thank you. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying passed. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 163, Paragraph 2, starting with We Know Of. And I will ask Marie P. to begin reading. Good morning. This is Marie P., a compulsive overeater, recovered. We know of an AA member who has been living in a large community. He lived there but a few weeks when he found that the place probably contained more alcoholics per square mile than any city in the country. It was only a few day this was only a few days ago at this writing, nineteen thirty nine. The authorities were much concerned. He got in touch with a prominent psychiatrist who had undertaken certain responsibilities for the mental health of the community. 
The doctor proved to be able and exceedingly anxious to adopt any workable method of handling the situation. So he inquired, what did our friend have on the ball? Our friend proceeded to tell him, and with such good effect that the doctor agreed to a test among his patients and certain other alcoholics for a clinic from a clinic which he attends. Arrangements were also made with the chief psychiatrist of a large public hospital to select still others from the stream of misery which flows through that institution. So our fellow worker will still soon have friends galore. Some of them may sink and perhaps never get up, but if our experience is a criterion, more than half of these more than half of those approached will become fellows of Alcoholics Anonymous when a few men in this city have found themselves and have discovered the joy of helping others to to face life again. There will be no stopping until everyone in the town has had his opportunity to recover if he can and will. Uh, I I have written down what I want to say because when I speak off the cuff, I, I get lost in what I'm trying to say. So if you bear with me, I'm going to read what I, I feel about this paragraph. This AA member is in a new large community and like our two pioneers wanted, needed to pass along the message. He also contacted a doctor. The parallel continues, a doctor in a desperate situation, ready to grab at anything again. Big Book is telling us of the desperation of our illness. Today, people are having surgery to correct the results of overeating. We have an obesity problem countrywide. When I visited my doctor in my obesity, she never even mentioned it. Apparently, doctors do not have the time nor success to deal with it. I equate that lack of success to the doctors on these pages. The only answer to my food addiction is my higher power and implementation of the AAOA program. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Marie. Who would like to comment on what was read? Press star one on your phone keypad. We have three paragraphs here that uh, Marie read for us today. Lots of stuff in there. Well, I will comment on that. Thank you. Um, is that, oh, I heard somebody else. Diane in New York. I heard, did I hear Diane? That's what I heard. And anyone else? Yes, Sue G. Hi, Sue. Good morning. And anyone else? Okay, great. Thanks. Good morning, Diane. We'll start with you. Good morning. This is Diane B. in New York. Thank you, everyone, for your service. I'm a recovered compulsive eater. Um, I just wanted to comment about um, moving to a new city because I started my program in a city in the south and uh, was there for several years and then moved north 
and um, immediately went to an OA meeting. And um, the comfort that I found there and the fellowship that I found there was one of the ways that I was able to make new friends in this new community. And it's because of the fellowship and because of the, the spirit, the spirituality that's in the rooms, it keeps us together. It gives us a common purpose. And um, it helps us to identify with other people. Um, and so when this man moved to the city, to this new city, um, and found the rooms, that kind of reinforces what I found also, that coming back up, coming to a new city, not knowing anyone except a, a couple of people, not having any friends, coming into this fellowship, um, you know, finding meetings in my local area uh, was really, really helpful. And so with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Diane. Suji. Good morning. Can you hear me? Um, it's kind of breaking up, but I, I can hear you. Give it a go and see how it progresses. I actually it's breaking up a little bit with me. Is this better? Yes, uh-huh. it is a bit better. Okay. Um, okay. Well, this is a, a star, star-studded morning because when I entered the group this morning, you know that announcement that says um, there are such and such a number of other people. It said there are 99 other people on this line, so I'm the hundred today. Whoopee, I'm one of the first hundred. Um, anyway, um, just identifying in a little bit. Um, so we know what you are thinking. I'm jittery and alone. I couldn't do that. And yes, we can. It's a matter of willingness, patience, and labor. And I think of a, there's a Hazelden thing, not approved literature, but the definition from it is in my head. So it says patience. Patience is waiting with hope. And I love that. That that describes it for me. And I certainly like the rest of us. I'm not the most patient person in the world. And I'm not too willing to be a patient either. But um that is what it is, and and that's what we get in our meeting. Where if we're a little bit patient, if when we come in, we share our concerns and then listen, we we do get hope because recovery does happen. It's happened to me. It can happen to you. Um, so then we have the AA member living in the large community where there's billions of alcoholics all around, and he gets in touch with a prominent psychiatrist, and the doctor seems to be able and anxious to adopt any workable method of handling the situation. Yeah, because doctors who truly feel our pain and who may have experienced it themselves, obesity, as has been said today, it is a top-ranking problem. It causes more cirrhosis of the liver than, than alcoholism does. Whoa, that's uh, pretty scary. And so... Doctors really want to help us. And I remember having this discussion with my husband, who actually is a, a head of geriatrics at a, at a major urban hospital. Um, and, uh, and he said, well, in, in the literature, and the literature in medicine is very carefully monitored. It's good literature. And it says that surgery is a major humongous help for some people. For some people, not most of us, but for some people, it, it saves lives. And I don't like it. Neither does my husband. It, it, it seems awfully radical. It seems like, like being in our 
in our group is a much better solution because you can stay in our group and live. You don't have to have your body chopped up in order to work an OA program. You have to be honest, open, and as it says, willing. You have to have the willingness, patience, and do the labor. Um, but this this wonderful thing is that there are people, there are other human beings, some who happen to be doctors, who are willing to say, look at what I've had as a solution doesn't work. What do you have? And that's our handing out our OA literature to professionals. Do some outreach. There's a piece of service that you can do that if you read that literature and you like it, hand it to your doctor. You can leave it anonymously if you don't want anybody to know it's you. You can leave it in their waiting room because there there needs to be a personal, person-to-person -person solution to our problem. That's what we have. That's the fellowship that supports us, and it's the steps that heal us. And so do both. And if you're new, listen to us and try to do what we're doing and latch on to us because it really does work. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sue. Who else would like to comment on what was read? Larry. My name is Mitzi. Hi, I hear Larry. And then, did I, is it Mitzi? Your name? Anita L. Yes, Mitzi. Mitzi, Sharon H., and Anita L. We'll start with Larry. Good morning. Good morning, Mel. Um, Larry, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Thanks so much for your service. So, you know, a couple of things come to mind here. One, you know, this is part of our history. And uh, so here is, uh, you know, here is a, an AA member who's living in a large community. I live in a fairly large community, kind of spread out, um, you know, and, and, and they go on to talk about, you know, that they found that this place uh, probably contained more alcoholics per square mile than any city in the country. I don't know, you know, where Chicago area stands, you know. We, we certainly, you know, our affliction is um, is far-reaching for sure. You know, there's a, there's a lot of... Uh, Compulsive overeaters. There's a lot of a lot of people that certainly have issues with uh, with weight and, and and with food and so forth, and it's killing them. You know, I don't I, I don't know. You know, there's a way to diagnose oneself that we learn about. But the point is, is wherever you live, you know, this this uh, this disease uh, certainly has has us around the throat. Many of us, um, it did for me. Um, but so it's a little bit about our history, and uh, so he got in touch with uh, a prominent psychiatrist in the community um, who had worked with these people in the mental health community, um, and, 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 and I, I've worked in that, that community for a long time. Um, you know, so the doctor proved uh, to be able and exceedingly anxious to adopt any workable method, uh, you know, uh, that, that, that he or she could adopt to, to handle the situation. So yeah, there's a. I see a lot of people that are looking for. You know, you would think these these doctors, uh, you know, they have the answer. My goodness, you know, there's so much literature and research and all kinds of things that you know that would you know perhaps help us to, but I, um, to 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 work with people. But you know, what I find is, um, you know, uh, doctors. Um, you know, uh, I have you know many friends that are that are doctors. Um, and they, they're at a loss, you know, because even if they could, uh, you know, prescribe a, a certain way of, of living, you know, you got you to gotta put the food down. You have to find a way. You know, they're almost really, you know, anything you can do, 
you know, to, uh, you know, to, 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 to loosen weight, the, the, the weight and the, and the food, that's what's killing people. No question. Okay. So, you know, what I, what I, I guess what I'll, I'll scooch down to the, to the bottom here. So our fellow workers, similar friends galore, some of them may sink and perhaps never get up, you know, but others won't. And, and that's what I find too, you know, just, uh, carrying this message. Um, some people may think they're, they're not ready. They're not ready for the message. I know I wasn't for many years. I wasn't ready. I wasn't willing. Willingness is a one person job, you know, but I find that when someone is willing and they grasped on to this, uh, you know, to this life preserver and stop kicking it away, you know, um, they, they, once that willingness is there, this, this prescription for recovery happens uh, pretty rapidly, actually. You know, it, it happens pretty rapidly by working through these steps, and uh, and it does save lives. And it and it's it's not just about the food, and about it's about uh, life. What separates us is is the spiritual aspect of this program. Um, the spiritual aspect of this program changed me from the top of my head down to the bottom of of, of my feet here. Everything in between, I, I I'm, I'm a changed man. You know, and that's what this program, the gift of this program. So grateful for the history and grateful for this, for this program. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Mitzi, you're next. Hey, good morning. This is Mitzi. I'm a compulsive overeater, and I've decided that I'm going to pass instead because I fear that my share was a little too cr- close to crosstalk. So thank you anyways, but I'll, I'll pass this morning. Okay, Mitzi, thank you. Sharon H., Oh, thank you, Melanie. This is Sharon H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado, and very grateful to be here today on the line, and welcome to all of you out on the line. Um, Yeah, I'm going to zero in on that uh, third paragraph, too. Um, I, too, was one of those that took a long time um, to understand the uh, reality of the seemingly hopeless state of mind and body I was in in regards to my uh, addiction regarding food. And I now am uh, one of the fellows out here on the line that are recovered, and I'm just so grateful for that. And when it says a few men in this city have found themselves and have discovered the joy of helping others to face life again, there will be no stopping until everyone in that town has had his opportunity to recover if he can and will. And um, so I am so grateful to be a part of that now as a result of listening to this line, and we've certainly come a long way from 1939 where it was only face-to-face or by letter or different things like that, and now here we are all on this phone line meeting, and it has just continued to grow, not through any promotion, but through attraction and people sharing with one another about this uh, Vision for You um, big book study, and that's the OA way of life that, um, you know, I just was not um, good or willing to to accept. And so I'm just so grateful to be here today. And I have experienced the joy of helping others through this process of the steps and being set free from the bondage of food addiction and all of its devastating consequences. And, um, and I just see things happening right here in Colorado uh, with, uh, as a result of people continuing, even in our state, to get on this line and, and listen and, and follow the, 
the directions just like they're laid out in the big book. So I'm just very grateful to be a part of that today. And, um, you know, if it can happen to me, uh, it can happen to anyone. And, and uh, you know, God is more powerful than anything we believe is impossible. And I had reached the point where I felt it was impossible to be able to get abstinent and stay abstinent. And I've been proved wrong, and I'm so grateful. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Melanie. Thank you. Anita L. Yes, good morning, everybody. Um, hi, I'm Anita L. from Philadelphia, recovered for today. Uh, first, I just wanted to say where it says um, at the bottom of the first paragraph read, or no, it was the second paragraph, the stream of misery. Um, there was, you know, this large public hospital uh, which had all these alcoholics there was a stream of misery which flows through that institution. And I can relate to that, um, being part of that misery. There were so many years, so many, because I, I've been a compulsive overeater since I've been a young girl, and um, I my life was miserable. I felt alone. I was lonely. Uh, I hated myself. I thought if I was only thin, then life would be wonderful. And thank God I've learned that thin is not well. The answer is a spiritual acceptance into my life um, so that I can be transformed and change my attitude and actions so that I can become uh, God-centered instead of self-centered. And... Boy, it took so many years. Even though I did have years of recovery throughout my time in OA, listening to this meeting and dissecting the book, the text, uh, has just changed my life dramatically. Um, I just can't thank this meeting enough because I'm a changed person. I am happy, joyous, and free and have been rocketed into the fourth dimension of existence. And who knew? Who knew just by coming to Overeaters Anonymous because I was busting out of my large size at that time again that I would, I don't know, just so hard to explain. I would just be such a peaceful woman today, filled with love for myself, too. Instead of hating myself, I can love me. And there were other things I was going to share, but I'll stop with that. Thank you so much, everybody, for giving service by being on this line and sharing your experience, strength, and hope. Thank you. And with that, I Thank you. Thank you, Anita. Who else would like to share on what was read before we move on? This is Paula. Paula. Leah. I, I hear Paula, and then I heard Kathy. Did I hear Kathy? And then I heard Leah. And then Kim? I heard Sarah and Kim. Anyone else? Anyone else? So I have Paula, Kathy K, Leah, Sarah, so, and Kim. 
and Rochelle. I- Rochelle and Rochelle. Okay, thank you very much. We'll start with with the, with Paula. Good morning, Paula. And good morning, and thank you for your service. And here we seem to have the full stream at this meeting, and uh, so wonderful to be part of it. A different type of stream, it, it definitely. But I wanted to zero in on a couple of lines. I'm going to scoot to the doctor proved to be able and exceedingly anxious to adopt any any workable method of handling the situation. So we inquired, what did our friend have on the ball? And I read it verbatim, exactly as it's written. Can I go to page XXVIII? See what he saw. If any feel that a psychiatrist directing the hospital for alcoholics, we appear somewhat sentimental. Let them stand with us. Come to by the stream. Come by the stream of misery here. With us as a whole while on the firing line. See the tragedies the despairing wives, the little children. This is it, that stream and that flow. Watch a stream. It picks up things along the side, doesn't it, and it takes it with them. doesn't matter if they want to go. The despairing wives and the little children. So he inquired, and then he asked, what did our friend have on the ball? Because he didn't have it. And I'm going to scoot on down here because I want to go back to, not go back to, go forward to. Oh, I think we're getting some some um, backlash here. Uh, and with such good effect that the doctor agreed. Now, look at what happened. A good effect that the doctor agreed. Well, he saw something. This is it. People see something. The same as Bill W. Let's go to the beginning. What did Bill W. see in Ebby? Clearness of eye? More than that. Arrangements were also made with the chief psychiatrist. Now look at this. Now we're going to start actually doing something. We're putting things in order here. <laughs> That's like my life. Of a large public hospital to select still others, and there we come right here, from the stream of misery which flows through the institution. It flows through and two, and even when they leave the institutions, they look down, how many came back? This is it. We don't have to be in that flow anymore. What a what a beautiful opening here. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Kathy Kay. <clears throat> Melanie, this is Kathy Kay. I did not ask to share. It must have been someone else. Okay, thank you so much. If I missed somebody by the name of Kathy and they didn't speak up, if not, we'll move on to Leah. Thanks so much, Melanie, for your service. When a few men in this city have found themselves and have discovered the joy of helping others to face life again, and, you know, those few words uh, jumped out at me, face life again. You know, I don't don't know about your disease. I can certainly tell you about mine, Um, you know, I had no tools for living when I came here. Um, You know, once the food was down, um, I was restless, irritable, and discontent. You know, I had uh, eliminated my binge foods thousands of times. I had stopped thousands of times. The question was, how do you stay stopped when you're someone like me? Why were the events and the situations in my life so unmanageable? Why couldn't I uh, 
exercise more self-discipline? You know, why couldn't I experience more control? I mean, why did I continue to dig my fists and my, uh, you know, face into bags and boxes? You know, why was I having trouble with my personal relationships? Why was I having trouble with my emotional uh, nature? Why was I uh, prey to misery and depression? Why couldn't I... uh, be happy why why was i so riddled with fear why couldn't i be a real help that this was the real issue with someone like me i had a cancer of the soul a soul sickness a spiritual malady and that's why abstinence was never enough for someone like me because you can't solve a spiritual problem with a physical solution and i kept focusing in honing in on merely abstinence And despite years of involvement with psychology and therapy and self-help, I didn't see the character defects, those old attitudes and ideas that dominated me. So it was impossible for someone like me to be free, you know, because I kept locking in on that sense of ease and comfort that came at once by eating my binge foods. Well, the program of recovery, just like these men and women were able to pass the program of recovery on. The program of recovery is the 12 steps. And the secret of these 12 steps is that, yes, it's indeed, it's imp- it is possible to be able to effectuate such a dramatic change in character and personality and values. And that's exactly what was being experienced here. People were having a personality change, a psychic change, a spiritual awakening that was sufficient to bring about recovery, and that was a message that could not be ignored. This was about the raising of the dead. How do you explain how men and women who were enslaved by alcoholism were rising up out of a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body and walking this planet as free men and women? And that was a message that was worth listening to. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Lara. Sarah W. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everyone. My name is Sarah W. Grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. You know, I was thinking about when I, when we're reading this, about how people feel like the first or second time they get on this line and they hear all this stuff and how I felt as a newcomer, the desperation I had and the pain I had, you know, how do I relate to people? How do I go through my day and have any kind of sanity? You know, basically, do I really want to live? I mean, because I didn't feel like I was. And, you know, most of us that are on this line have tried just about everything to get to a place where we have some sense of sanity, and we just don't know how to do it. You know, all of us, I would say, or most of us have tried every kind of diet club you can think of, every way of trying to control our, our eating and our and our emotions and, um, you know, therapy and all kinds of stuff that we do uh, to help ourselves. And why is it that it doesn't work? And, you know, uh, this physician was feeling so overwhelmed and just wanting to find some way to help these people. And I can say that as a person that, that works with others, you know, because I've been given this beautiful gift and want to give it, give it away because of that, you know, I feel the same way. You know, um, I, I work out in the medical field and I go into people's homes and I have people that I that I deal with that are, you know, morbidly obese, you know, 400 plus pounds. And, um, you know, going to try to 
deal with it through bariatric centers and, and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, all I can do is try to be a model because many people really don't want to do the work that it takes to get to where they have to get to. They want a quick fix, you know, an easier, softer way. And I can understand that. I mean, you know, uh, as somebody was talking about earlier, you know, the impatience that we have, you know. I want to be thin yesterday. I want to have sanity yesterday. And that's part of our disease. But the, the solution really lays in the idea that when somebody says to you, are you willing to go to any length, we have to be willing to want to change. And it does come slowly, but it is such a beautiful gift I'm not the person I was 20 years ago. I'm a completely different human being. And I'm so grateful for that. And anybody can have this. It just takes the footwork and the desire. And if it's not working for you what you're doing, I invite you to come and try it a different way because it really can work for you. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Kim G. Hi, Melanie. It's Naomi. Could I please share? Um, here, well, we're going to probably have you share on the next paragraph. We do have two more before we head on, but hang tight and we'll get to you. Thank you. Will do. Thank you, dear. Uh huh. Thank, thank you. Uh, Kim G. Thanks, Melanie. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a re- uh, recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. And I'm just going to zone in on two words a workable method. A workable method. So, I'm getting into the dictionary lately, so I looked up what does method mean? It says a procedure or technique or way of doing something, especially in accordance with a definite plan. A definite plan. That definite plan is the 12 steps. And I think to myself of what was my plan for many years in Overeaters Anonymous and and what was the method that I saw in a lot of my meetings for many years. And a lot of it was, you know, don't drink and go to meetings. You know, three meetings a week, a 90 and 90, don't eat no matter what. My plan basically was to use fear and the fellowship to try to stay abstinent. You know, and the fear and the fellowship together, if I am staying abstinent, is often luck. It's often luck. So I had to look at what was the method, what was that workable method that I was hearing about in this big book. And it really it is, it is all about getting a relationship with God. That's the only solution that 12 Steps offer us. It's a spiritual solution. That's the only chance you have if you are an alcoholic like me. If you are a compulsive overeater of my variety, abstinence is not enough. If you are a compulsive overeater of my variety, self-supporting you know, group is not enough. I had to find a connection with God. So what is that workable method? That workable method is, first and foremost, I had to put the food down. I did not have the clarity of thought to apply the steps if my mind was still clouded by the food. And then I had to do steps one, and then two, and then three, and then four, and then five, and then six, and then seven, and then eight, and then nine, and then ten, and then eleven, and then twelve. For many years, that method I used was I used the steps as if it was a game of twister. You know, one day I'm going to put my right hand on red, the next day I'm going to put my left hand on yellow. And I just had to sit down, and I'm going to encourage people who are listening Sit down. What is your experience? What is your experience when your workable method was just that meetings are going to keep me abstinent or a sponsor is going to keep me abstinent or phone calls are going to keep me abstinent? I have to tell you, personally, I have worked the tools harder by not working the tools. 
Because if I want this spiritual solution, if I want to pursue these steps, I'm going to have to go to meetings. I'm going to have to get a guide. I'm going to have to sponsor. I'm going to have to, to do all those things. But I understand the goal is not those things. The goal is a relationship with God. Because let me tell you the miracle of Overeaters Anonymous, I used to think it was that I could do enough tools that I could keep myself distracted enough that I would go to bed at night exhausted and say, thank you, God, for one more day of abstinence, being tortured and stalked by the food all day. Let me tell you, when I did this workable method, my experience as someone who has recovered is I do not want my binge foods. I live a life where I walk through my day doing God's work without wanting my binge food. That is the result of this workable method. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Rochelle. And then after Rochelle, we'll move on to the next paragraph. Good morning. Hi, good morning. This is Rochelle in recovery um, in Maryland. I want to thank everybody on this line and the uh, progenitors of this line and the people who do service on a daily basis because I have found that this meeting has so enhanced my spiritual relationship with my higher power that I would be remiss if I did not say thank you. Thank you all, and I'm not a Southerner. So um, coming back to the reading, this may sound fanciful, but when I see this thing about a psychiatrist and a doctor, um, I figure, hey, you know, God is my doctor, and he needs my help because he can't do it alone as powerful as he is. I was put here because I got work to do, and he created me imperfect and you imperfect and everybody on this line imperfect and probably everybody in the world imperfect. And what we got to do is we got to do what God wants us to do, namely to help others, because he could have created us perfect from the beginning, from the get-go. But um, there's, there's, a, there's a thing in there, there, and that is that we've got to learn to love each other and help each other and do service. And that's uh, that at the top of page 164, the joy of helping others. I mean, it's an amazing thing to move from being selfish to being selfless and to go through the day and say, what would God have me do here? It's a much better point of view from my point of view than to say, oh, Rochelle, let's get some more of this. Oh, Rochelle, let's get some more of that. Uh Uh-uh. No, no. My purpose here is to see what I can do for my fellow man and that every day God has a different plan for me and what I have to do is i got to stay spiritually attuned. It's as if I'm a a radio and he's transmitting waves and what i got to do is tune into that right channel so I know what I'm supposed to do today. So I want to thank you all for this wonderful meeting because it has made such a difference in my own recovery. It's really um, friends galore, you bet. Friends in recovery, people call me during the day. I, I try to ask God what I'm supposed to say to them and uh, and just be a bridge. So thanks for letting me share. Bye. Bye, Pastor. Thank, thank you, Rochelle. And Nicole S., would you read the next paragraph four, starting on page 164, paragraph one? Hi, this is Nicole S. from Colorado, um, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Still, you may say, but I will not have the benefit of contact with you who write this book. We cannot be sure. God will determine that, so you must remember that your real reliance is always upon him. He will show you how to create the fellowship you crave. And then an asterisk at the bottom um, says, Alcoholics Anonymous will be glad to hear from you, and it gives an address down there. And um, this this paragraph means a lot to me. I, I live in a one-stoplight town, and 
Um, when I started OA, I lived in a larger town and had a meeting and was introduced to OA. Um, but I don't have any face-to-face -face meetings. And um, everything I've done the past six years has, has been on the telephone. And um, it has just been um, a wonderful experience for me, and especially since I started listening to A Vision for You and um, how it said, um, you know, that he will show you how to create the fellowship you crave. And I um, have just been so blessed with a fellowship. Um, and everything has been over the phone. I have not had anything face-to-face. -face, and I have um, just experienced um, just a wonderful fellowship with so many recovered people. And I have never felt alone. Um, and even though I, I am alone, um, just in prox you know, where, where I live, um, you know, in proximity to, to meetings and um, and uh, just, you know, being in that small town, but um, just hearing, um, you know, hearing uh, the voices of recovered people and um, hearing, you know, excitement and enthusiasm and, and hope and strength. And um, I just feel so fortunate. And, um, and where, where it says that, you know, um, my real reliance is always upon him. And um, I really feel in the past year that I have developed so much more of a reliance upon, upon God as the ultimate authority um, in my life. And um, I, I've had times um, in my journey where um, my reliance has been on a sponsor more. And I've always thought, well, since I don't have um, anyone face-to-face -face and what's going to happen if I, you know, drop my cell phone and it breaks for a week and I can't get another one or if I lose contact or this and that. Um, and I, I really had to realize that, that my, um, my reliance has to be on my higher power. It cannot be on another person. And um, that has just been a wonderful um, process for me. And um, this, this meeting has helped me so much to realize that that God is my ultimate authority and, and not a sponsor. And, um, and uh, that I, I have a, you know, as God is my ultimate authority, I have a higher level of accountability than, than anything else. And so I am just um, so grateful, so appreciative. And um, like this says, um, maybe someday, you know, God will determine that I might, I might meet some of you face to face. And that would be, um, that would be really, really neat. So, um, with that, I pass. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you. And Naomi, were you interested in sharing first? Thank you, Melanie, and thank you for your service, and welcome to everyone on the line. Um, I went back to page 163. Some of them may sink and perhaps never get up. Uh, that was me because I, I was really sunk, and I did have the lap band. I had the lap band surgery, and it was very successful because what it did, it it made the, the opening of my stomach smaller, so I could only have a few bites. But by the grace of God, after gaining four pounds, my bariatric doctor uh, turned on me, and he made me feel subhuman. And I was, I sent, he sent me from the um, room crying, which was the best thing that could have happened to me, because if he had tightened the band, my brain would have been going crazy. Because what happens, the lap band adjusts the stomach and it doesn't adjust the brain. And that's where my problem was, the obsession of the mind and the allergy of the body. No doubt about it. I was a compulsive eater since I know since I was born. But by the grace of God and 
over on page 164, God will determine that so that you must remember that your real reliance is always upon him. With work in the 12 steps through a guide of vision, I'm recovered. I'm 67 years young, and I'm recovered. And as Kim so eloquently says, I don't want those binge foods. I am truly happy, joyous, and free, and I've just been awaken it's like my whole life is ahead of me because of this program because of working the steps because of this big book and i do have a guy that that we work a few times during the week on steps 10 11 and 12 this is where my recovery is thank you for allowing me to share with that i pass thank you naomi and it looks like we have room for at least two three-minute shares who would like to comment on what was read this is bella can i share Hi, good morning, Bella. And did I hear Janice? Yes. Yes. Good morning, Janice. Bella and then Janice. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Melanie, for doing this service and thank you very much, everybody on the line. So you must remember that your real reliance is always upon him. Yes, thank you, God, for this reminder yes i must remember and yes before program i was relying on myself and if i met people that gave me a nice feeling and they gave me only compliments it was a wonderful feeling but what happened when i met people that weren't so nice when they gave me a bad feeling when after talking with them, I felt miserable. Then when I say, oh, Bella, you see, again, you don't know how to deal with people. You don't know where to go. Only because you are going to wrong uh, places, you meet wrong people. You see, Bella, again, you can trust yourself. Wow. And it's a very sad and very awful feeling to to live like this that to blame and to judge myself and to be miserable all the time because you know in the world always you meet any kind of people and thank you god that now that i am in the program yes i must remember it's a must and i am not relying on myself i am relying on God, and now I know that God has a reason why I have to meet certain people, and now that I am in the program, I know that I have the opportunity all the time to learn from everybody, to learn from every experience. Sometimes I can learn and I can say, Wow, it was so nice that I met that, pe- that person. Wow, it was so helpful that I heard that idea. And sometimes I just have to pause, especially when I have not a good uh, experience, and to pause and to say, Bella, wait a minute. Now it's the time to rely upon God. What is the message of God? Why God put those people, those experience for you? What can you learn about yourself? What can you learn how to change things? 
not to be like them, not to behave like them. And always when I am relying on God, always I have the opportunity to learn something about myself because everything and everybody is like a mirror for myself where I have to change. And it's a wonderful, uh, uh, fear-free thinking to live when I am relying only upon God. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you. Janice M. Yes, thank you, Melanie, and thank you, everyone. My name is Janice M., and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Yes, you know, oh, goodness, for for decades I came in here because I I relied on Janice. And then it extended to relying on other people for them to help me to do things. You know, and thank you, God, when I found that there was no power left in me or no method that I could find. I found that I lacked the power and I embarked on these 12 steps, and guess what? I found a power that I could rely on, that I could trust, that I could depend upon. And this is what this is all about, God of your own understanding. That's the power. That's the power that I found that I can depend upon that is infinite. He is all-powerful. And he never fails. Remember, when we embark on these steps, we have tapped into that power. So that power, whom I choose to call God, is going to to determine for me. I'm gonna. I'm, he's a new employer. I'm gonna. I have to cooperate. He's not gonna come down. But you see, I cannot depend upon other people. I'm gonna depend upon his standards, which are which are the twelve principles of the 12 steps, and he will show me, and you, if you haven't found a way yet, a way to have the obsession in our minds removed. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. It does appear we have time for one two-minute share. If somebody would have a burning desire to do so, just press star one. Hi, it's Lawrence. Hi, Florence. You can take that two minutes. Good morning. Thank you. Okay. I'm not sure it'll be two, but I just wanted to express gratitude <laughs> for this uh, program. Um, I'm, I'm I'm in my car. I mean, it is a, a miracle and a, a blessing uh, from God. More we can have this information, you know, any everywhere. Um, I I I feel like I'm on a roll with vision for you. I. I I get up and listen to the programs at night. Um, it, I, I, it's kind of like um, I, I have to echo that these here my friends that I haven't seen, but I'm getting to know all the names. And I I can't thank enough the emphasis on the spiritual aspect of the program. You know, I used to think, having been around the room for a while, that, you know, oh, oh yeah, I don't think people are really doing this, or maybe this is just what the alcoholics do. But you know, I'm a I'm a compulsive overeater. You know, I, they're not really doing it. But this program, Vision for You, has given me such a sense of 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 of, of company of of people really. You know, what is the, the, the trudging down that road where we'll see each other? Such a feeling of um, complicity 
that we've got this wonderful secret, and it, it's a secret that we we give freely, and um, the authenticity of people share. So it, it's um, it's a wonderful service uh, to have people with you in this in this challenge, and I actually do begin to see that. That that business about adversity is like a frog. It has a jewel in its mouth. That that what was meant for my harm will be uh, will result in my good. That that this was a this 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 weakness was given to me in order to to learn learn more of God and to be strong. So um, I thank you for letting me share. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Florence. Thank you, and thank you to everyone who has shared today. We will now close with a reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Would Marcella M. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Sure. Um, Can you hear me, Melanie? I can, loud and clear. Good morning. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask Him in your morning meditation what you can do each day when a man who's perfect. The answer will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to yourself. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until death. <laughs>